This is Carolyn Holly. Welcome to Game Plan for Life with Skip Hall. For the next half hour, you're going to be encouraged and challenged by Skip and his guests as they discuss the game plan for life. In sports, as in life, it's important to have a game plan. And as Skip says, no game plan, no victory. Game Plan for Life is brought to you by the following sponsors. Domino's. Oh, yes, we did. Matt Bauscher and Terry Hefner. Exceed your real estate goals. Security Gold and Silver, a reliable source for your bullion investment. Idaho Independent Bank, the Idaho Bank. McDowell's Specialty Repair. Call McDowell's. Rehab Authority. Experience the difference. Christian Brothers Automotive, a nice difference. Hendrickson's Fine Jewelry, the place to go. And Grace Assisted Living. Grace is the place. On Game Plan for Life today, we're having part two of the message that Jim Zorn uh, shared at the Idaho State Prayer Breakfast. He did a great job, and a lot of people were encouraged, and I think you'll, you'll enjoy the rest of this story. And even as you are sitting, you, you're sitting around the table today, uh, and you're praying, you might be praying for things that you've grumbled and complained about, which is great, but it's also the grumbling and complaining that we should be praying for. And I am not, uh, gentlemen and ladies of the legislature, I'm not talking about good debate, good arguments about issues. That's not necessarily grumbling or complaining in my mind, or maybe even in this, this passage of Scripture, but it's about those petty things that alienate and separate, create gaps. And when you're on a team like that, and I've been on several teams like that where there's been a lot of that going on, it produces dysfunction. It stops production. And uh, again, it also helps coaching staffs get fired, which I have been fired uh, several times in my career. Sometimes I feel like we deserve to be fired. Oh my gosh. We're just, we're part of the problem because we can't get it together with so much moaning and groaning. And then sometimes it's not right. So when you leave, you moan and groan about something that happened to you that shouldn't have happened. So this, this coaching industry uh, is, has been quite interesting to me. And I know the healthy part of the industry is putting your own personal desires aside and working together to create uh, unity, to create, uh, to uh, narrow any gaps that are there. And then that alienation becomes reconciliation, and you give yourself a much better opportunity of winning. And I know at home, it also gives our family a much better chance of coming together and being a, a successful family when there's far less grumbling and complaining. Oh, I, 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 uh, I'm pretty convicted about putting that verse down, and I apologize to you all, but it's true. It really is true. So when you think about this in your own life's experience, um, you, know, you can kind of ask yourself, is this what happens in my house, in my business, in our legislature? Uh, and then try, if you will, to turn those things around into 
things that are positive instead of having so much of that uh, negative come out because it produces bitterness. And when you're bitter, it's really hard to climb out of that hole. Uh, and some people think I'm even a nice guy, you know, when I'm not complaining or moaning and groaning. Um, but anyway, I move on. Uh, we can... Uh, one of the things that uh, I just want to conclude in this, in this little section is when you have... Uh, this unity and you close and you close these gaps there's a health that comes to it and the bible talks about us when we're not moaning and groaning and complaining we get to shine uh, like stars in the heavens and uh, that's a great picture for us as we look and he's talking about we become more we become pure and uh, there's kind of an innocence to that and it's a it's a absolute great feeling every once in a while I think I I do that or say that uh, and joys always dance in the jig when I am positive around our house I wanted to ask one question today uh, secondly and it has to do with this passage up here if God knows all our needs why pray why in the world would we sit around these tables or have this prayer breakfast? Why pray if God knows all of our needs? He's all-knowing. He's all-seeing. And when I w was looking around for that answer, I looked at this passage. And this was God speaking to King Solomon. And King Solomon was David's son, King David's son. He was now the reigning king. And he actually built this temple, and he built a palace. And he also had this uh, title of the wisest man in the world how about that but after he built the temple and he built this palace he got up onto this bronze platform out in the temple area where all the Israelites were and he prayed this God God was answering in this in this verse Solomon's prayer so I went back and I looked well what did he pray about what was, what was the big deal? Why would God, uh, a day later, come down and um, answer his prayer? Uh, I loved it that he said, I accept your prayers. And he said, if my people who are called by my name humble themselves. And so he had to pray with humility for God, I believe, for God to come down and, and give him this, this answer. But what I was thinking is, if I was an Israelite and I was in the audience and I was listening and watching Solomon praying, I would have felt absolutely uh, like a, a very special person because Solomon was praying for me. It was, it was Solomon that prayed for his people. And God answered Solomon and said, yes, I hear you. I'm, I'm going to be there. I'm going to listen. And when I won't go through the whole prayer because it's really long. It's super long. But he said things like, listen, God, from your home in heaven. He said, act. He said, let it happen. Forgive. He said, keep it up. Continue with your promises. There's no one like you in the skies or on the earth. 
establish yourself. He said, reward each life and each life's circumstance. Forgive sin. And then he ends by saying, don't forget the foreigner. So he was praying for people who were even just visiting, who were out of towners, or who had no spiritual walk at all. He was actually asking God, don't forget those people who have nothing to do with you. Pretty awesome. And I thought for myself, if I was there, is what a, what a sense of uh, humility, really, to, to be prayed for by somebody else. And as I reflect in my life, um, I had that. I'm, a, I'm an actual product of other people's prayers, God answering other people's prayers, not my own, because I'm praying for, hey, uh, Lord, you know I need this new car. <laughs> You, you know I need to be a successful football player. <laughs> and I'm praying for me. But it's the prayers of other people that get answered that are so powerful. Can you imagine other people praying for the likes of me? And I'll, I'll tell you what happened to me, and this is uh, something that uh, is pretty amazing. I lived uh, in a, with an intact family, two parents, two uh, sisters, but I also lived with my grandma. My grandma's from Hungary, Budapest, and uh, actually Transylvania, uh, out there in, in, uh, Eastern, Euro in Eastern Europe. Uh, and my grandmother was about four feet five. And my grandmother lived in the next room from me my whole life at home, from age probably two years old until I left the house at 21. My grandmother lived in the next room over. And I often, my, my grandmother spoke Hungarian. She had a really thick, uh, she came over from Budapest and we used to have Hungarian stuffed cabbage and all kinds of tomatoes and onions. <laughs> but my, I remember my grandmother constantly praying. Her husband, my grandfather had died and she was constantly, I thought she was talking to herself. This, this house is crazy. What is going on around here? Why am I here? No, she was praying. And sometimes they were in whispers. And sometimes they were in conversation. And I know from my childhood all the way up until my grandmother could not utter another word, uh, she was praying for her family. And she was praying for me. I know she was praying for me. Uh, she probably saved me from many hopeless situations because I, I got in some that looked hopeless. And it was, I don't think she was praying, Lord, let him get away with this. But I was likely being prayed, Lord, um, spare him from the misery that he deserves. I was spared consequences. And it was really through the answered prayer, God speaking, or God answering my grandmother's prayer, that I, I made it through. In high school, uh, I went to this club called Campus Life Youth for Christ. I had no idea. I was, I was going there to win a girl back. Can you imagine a girl dumping me? <laughs> so I had this plan of going to win her back. 
And lo and behold, I went and I heard this news about Jesus Christ. And I didn't win my girlfriend back. I, kind of, I want a better girl in, in the future. But um, I did have the leaders of that Youth for Christ group pray for me. Again, prayers from everyone else. I wasn't praying for myself. Oh, God, I, I, I need you, especially at that time. I was just praying, oh, God, you know I need her. Um, so you see my maturity. Not real mature, and probably even today. Not real mature. And I'm 63. Can you believe that? Anyway. So life really has been a learning, a, a learning experience. And um, as I grew up through... Uh, just my younger days, my high school days, and I wasted so much time in high school. I had no identity. I, I did play sports, which gave me some focus, but I wasn't good. I wasn't great. I was very average. I did minimums. I so wish, and we all can probably relate, let's go back and redo this thing, right? Uh, but we can't go back. We're always pushing towards future. We're always progressing towards uh, finality and the kingdom, which is pretty exciting in itself. But I was a follower, right? I was not much of a leader at that time. I struggled doing the right thing. I struggled doing the appropriate thing, and I struggled doing uh, or saying the right thing. I could stop a conversation. be pretty awesome in a group of guys. Everybody's messing around. Some guys out there, have the gift, quick wit, right? You're in a conversation and you're going, yeah, hey, what about, oh, ha, what about this, what about that? I could, I could open my mouth and stop that conversation. Like, and people would be looking at me going, what did he just say? Okay, let's go. <laughs> that's, how it, that's how frustrating it was for me growing up. I had no vision really for the future. I had no aching desires or goals. Education wasn't a strong emphasis in our house, except don't embarrass us by, by failing, basically. And when I was done with high school, my parents ex expected me to go and get work. They had never gone to college. And I actually was the first person in our family and the only person in our family to ever go to college, still, to, uh, still today. Um, Neither one of my sisters uh, went, to, went to college. But I knew I was smart, and I certainly was clever, because I got away with some things that there's no way you would be, <gasps> did you really do that? Yes, I did. Yes, I did. Um, I didn't burn anything down or anything like that, but just the stuff, I, 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 I would steal, a, I'd go into a, uh, like a 7-Eleven, I could steal candy bars easily. I stole candy bars. Can you believe that? So I was poorly focused, to say the least. So, um, when I got into sports, I actually obeyed rules out of fear uh, of failing or doing the wrong thing. And uh, even though I just did the, I just did the minimums, I actually got an opportunity to play on. And I played on and played on. And, you know, my grandmother passed away. The, the leaders at Campus Life 
uh, moved on from praying for me anymore because I did have a commitment to Christ and I was growing as a, as a person. But it's always been the prayers of other people that I would rest upon and it's their shoulders that I'm uh, on here today. They're lifting me up. And I would say that where my grandmother left off, I had no idea that joy would take over for her. And that's, that's really been uh, part of the success in my marriage, I know, because I came into our marriage with no relationship skills. And uh, as I said earlier, Skip taking a big risk to let me be a part of his staff, uh, Joy took a huge risk in allowing me to be a part of her staff. <laughs> really, it's true. Uh, and you see, I can, I can stand up here in front of you for 20 minutes, 25 minutes, and uh, pontificate, but it's joy that I have to go home with. And I have to tell the truth because uh, I have to go home and joy will tell me the truth. Z-Man, you took way too long telling this story. You just did that. You did this. But, but joy, for the years that we've been married, I believe this and I know this, she continues to pray for me. And that's really humbling, especially because I'm her husband. And I'm supposed to be... Uh, the right kind of leader. I lead in certain things, and Joy leads in certain things in my home, but uh, she's just got tremendous value in all of our family because of her prayers. And her prayer is mainly for other people, for everyone else. And she does it right. And uh, if, if Joy tells you today that she's going to be praying about that, you, you can go to the bank on it. She will be praying for it. Because she, she'll write it down and she'll pray and she will check things off. She's pretty, she's organized. <sighs> right? And she does it right and she does it well. And I, I am the beneficiary of it. There's no question. And I root her on in that because I'm, I'm, six, I, I'm 63 years old. I made it this far. And it's, a, it's about... It's about her. But my conclusion would be this and this uh, charge for all of us. Um, praying for others and having people pray for you is what brings us all together. It, it, it couples with no grumbling or no complaining, but it's as you pray for, other, for others, you become healthier. You know why? Because you consider others more important than yourself when you're praying for others. You actually de-emphasize you uh, when you pray for others. And uh, you empathize with the person you're praying for. Because when you're praying for somebody else, you actually put yourself in that person's shoes. And you're petitioning the Lord. You're, uh, and God said in Second Chronicles, I hear your prayer, and I'm going to listen <clears throat> with my, I'm going to watch with my eyes, I'm going to see you pray, and I'm going to hear your prayers. My whole problem is when God says no, 
I, I always expect him to answer my prayer, yes. But oftentimes, God will say, no, no. Because he knows what's best for all of us. When we pray for others, we encourage, we get encouragement for praying with others, and we encourage other people. There's nothing more important when I'm coaching uh, players and I'm trying to teach them not to waste motion. The whole idea is to be efficient, right? Uh, especially as a quarterback. Because everybody's trying to grab and, and get you down on the ground, and you have sometimes 1.7 seconds on a three-step drop, 2.7 seconds on a five-step drop, and maybe 3.1 seconds on a seven-step drop to drop back, make a decision, and throw the ball without getting sacked. And so, you know, uh, think about how, how, quick, how quick that is. Um, it's such an encouragement for that young man to hear me say, yes, that's it. That's it. Yes. It's an encouragement. I'm, uh, as a coach or a museum curator, I have to be super critical with my eyes, and I cannot let, for some reason, I can't let something just go, because I know it's going to impact that young man in a game. You know, if he has, you know, if he's trying to really wind up and, and throw the ball, he's going to get sacked. So it seems like, as a coach, we're always critical. And you can see guys, as I'm coaching them, light up when there's encouragement brought to them. And uh, I just want to say, that's what it's like to be prayed for. And it's such a heartwarming sense that uh, I know it is when Joy has said to a girlfriend of hers, saying, I've been praying for you. I've been praying for your family. I've been praying for your son. I've been praying for your situation with your husband's job. Just out of the blue. She knows, and she's been earnestly praying. And you can see that young woman or her, just her friend uh, in her group, light up. So it, it, it just creates uh, health, and it creates uh, closeness. It makes those gaps go away, and it draws us together. And it's exactly the way teams in all, at all levels of football, that's the way they win, is they quit complaining and arguing and moping around and they encourage one another and when you get that going on your team and I've seen it I, this this ring I don't, I don't really wear this ring but this is a uh, NFC championship ring I call it the losers ring because you get this ring for losing the Super Bowl and in a two, 2005 season and into 2006 we went to Detroit I was on the coaching staff, and we played the Pittsburgh Steelers. And I would say it's the most remarkable team in the, the 2005 Seahawks because they, <clears throat> the players themselves, when you start winning, all the bickering goes away. All the encouragement enters in, and it's the most remarkable thing to experience because as a coach, your job is so much easier. You, you don't even have to hardly do anything. You're just watching these players rise up 
and they all come together and they're they are all going in one direction that's what praying for each other does you you will have this sense that you're all going in the same direction so uh we lost the super bowl and i complained and grumbled to the re about the refereeing uh so did many other people if you lived in seattle but even all the complaining what you really what i noticed is all the complaining and grumbling they didn't go, oh, you're right, here, uh, we'll take this ring back and we'll give you the Super Bowl ring. No, the Steelers still have it. No matter how it was won or lost, they still won the Super Bowl. Uh, sports psychologists would sh shudder at me saying this is a loser's ring. Uh, they would want to be an encouragement and say, no, no, this is a learner's ring. <laughs> you just learned from that loss. Okay, all right. So anyway... In, in, in just finalizing everything, um, I would encourage us all as we go on, even if it's just today, is as you sit down uh, to a meal and you're praying, or you're sitting uh, tomorrow in church, if you, if you happen to, I want to know where Cherie is going to sing tomorrow in church. If I were you, that's what I'd find out. And because you're going to be blessed. But uh, what a blessing it would be today for you to, to begin by flipping things around, much less arguing and complaining and grumbling, and much more praying for others. It will, it will you know, Steve Largent uh, in one of his talks says this, and I'll end with this. He, he always has said, what is the answer to alienation? Because that's what creates uh, wars. It's what creates dysfunction in our legislature, in politics. It's what creates dysfunction on any team, even in families. What is the answer to alienation? And it is reconciliation. Reconciling yourselves. And the first step to that, I want to encourage us, is to pray for one another. And uh, if you see alienation in your family, reconcile pray about reconciling with your family and uh or your business and then have help you know have a healthy uh progress and future in boise idaho or wherever you live in idaho and i appreciate you uh traveling this far and spending this moment uh with me and this whole group up here today thank you very much Game Plan for Life is brought to you by the following sponsors. Albertsons, it's just better. Dutch Bros of Boise, an experience guaranteed to satisfy. The Eagle and the North End 76 stations. And on-the-fly service stations on Collister and State. All family-owned and Idaho-grown. Therapeutic Associates Physical Therapy, your partner in health. Bacon Berry Hill. Bacon, you gotta love it. Berry Hill, you're gonna like it. Mass Mutual, we'll help you get there. And Summer's Funeral Home, every life leaves a legacy. Thank you for listening to Game Plan for Life with Skip Hall. This is Carolyn Holly inviting you to listen at this same time on this same station next Saturday as Skip and his guests go over the Game Plan for Life. Have a great weekend. And remember, no game plan, no victory.